At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Congratulations to both the Rams and the Bengals for winning their conference championships and getting to the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium. The Rams. They stay home. And what advantage is that going to have? We will find out. Over the course of the next two weeks, we will break down everything when it comes to this game. The offenses versus the defenses, the special teams, and then, of course, all the props that you could possibly imagine. Uh, my thanks to Jason Weingarten joining me last segment as we broke down uh, this game and, and taking a look at the Rams especially. And I asked Jason, what prop does he love playing when it comes to the Super Bowl? Because there's going to be hundreds of them. We'll go through a lot. We're going to make up our own as well as we get closer and closer to the game. I said one of the props that I love playing is uh, will there be a you know two-point conversion? And I know some books have different bets. Will there be a two-point conversion attempt? Will there be a successful two-point conversion? I think those are always fun to wager on. And the other one is you can look at will someone other than a quarterback attempt to pass? And I think that's great. And we could see it. You know, this is the Super Bowl. There's going to be a trick player, too. We're going to see somebody pulls something out of their hat and try and catch the defense off guard. Whether it's the Rams, and and great job by Jason bringing this up, Uh, Cooper Cup did throw a touchdown pass uh, earlier this season, was called back. We've seen Odell Beckham Jr. in this playoffs throw a deep pass, completing it to uh, Van Jefferson. So that is something that I would absolutely take a look at when it comes to this game. There's going to be some uh, exotic props that, I, that I'm going to like as well once we take a look at this board. You know, field goals, things like that. Um, you know, field goal over 50 yards. And, and those could be interesting. And I do believe with McVay and Taylor, both of these guys are analytic-driven coaches. I can see fourth downs going for it. I can also see two-point conversions happening. Uh, it's worth keep. It's worth noting the background of these coaches. 
And there's familiarity with them both. Obviously, you know, uh, Zach Taylor was a McVay guy. Uh, he was with the Rams. He was under McVay. He was the assistant wide receivers coach. And then he was the quarterback's coach before getting the head coaching job in Cincinnati. Think about that. This guy wasn't even an offensive coordinator. So, but de facto offensive coordinator, if you will. There's a lot of familiarity there. Uh, I do believe that Sean McVay's got a slight advantage when it comes to preparing for this game just because he prepared for a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But Taylor was on his staff. He saw it firsthand. And uh, you're looking at these guys now, and it's amazing. You know, you got two of the youngest head coaches in the NFL coaching against each other in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's, it is wild. It really is. And I saw a, a crazy, um, <laughs> this is funny. This was, uh, I guess, a meme that was going around the internet um, after the game. In 2003, Sean McVay beat out Calvin Johnson for Georgia High School Player of the Year. <laughs> and Calvin Johnson is now retired after a successful NFL career. And Sean McVay is coaching in his second Super Bowl for the Rams. Uh, it's pretty interesting stuff there. But, hey, him and Zach Taylor now, two of the youngest coaches in the NFL coaching against each other here in the Super Bowl. I'm not sure I'm going to have a lean on or, or a play on the spread or the total just yet. I kind of agree with Jason, and then I do think this could be a high-scoring game. Um, I could also see it being a very, very low-scoring game. You know, this, is, to me, is going to be a difficult one to handicap, which is why I'm leaning on the props, which is why I'm leaning on some of the other ways to play this game, like Rams money line. They're, Rams money line right now is minus 195. I do i pretty sure I'm locked into the Rams winning the game. Again, the number I don't like. I don't like the four. And who does like the four? Will it get down to three? I don't think so. We've seen the money line for this game move. Uh, but we haven't seen the spread move that much. It was three and a half. Went to four. I think it's going to stay at four. Uh, BetMGM has it at three and a half, actually. And if we're taking a look, and I can see some of the adjustments. Uh, let's see. Where are we here? Um, hmm. We got... No, nothing up there. All right, let's see if I can get anything. We got the Rams... Three and a half, four, 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 four. Everywhere's four. Everywhere is four. I don't know if we get off of that four, if, if I'm being honest. If anything, maybe when we get closer to kickoff, I'll, I can see it going back to three and a half. There's no way this thing gets to three. There's no chance. I mean, right now, 
I even see a couple of fours at minus 120, which would say that this thing would be going a four and a half. And maybe even at five. There was um, a thing on um, I saw online that there was one book that was going to open it up at five. I think Patrick Everson from Props.com had something here. Yeah, from uh, John Murray at the Superbook. Quote, we saw one book open up Rams minus five. We thought that was a little high. I think we can get the four and a half. They're going to want money coming in on the Bengals. So at what number, and I think the number, if you like the Bengals, the number is where it is. I mean, four, what's the difference? Four is a, four and five dead numbers anyway. It's like, as long as you're getting north of a field goal, you're great. And the teaser number is, is still, you're fine because from three and a half, you get it at, you know, nine and a half. I guess if you're four, you get it at 10, but a push is a loss on a teaser. So if you want to do a seven point teaser, Right, from three and a half, you go to ten and a half. From four, you go to 11. It makes no difference if you're going to do pay the extra juice for the extra point. If it gets to four and a half, then your six-point teaser gets you above 10 if you think that's what is going to happen in this game. So I think the number's there for the the Bengals backers, if you are a Bengals backer. If you're a Rams backer, again, there's not going to be a difference here. Four, four and a half, it, it makes no difference. Just they're going to have to, you, you're banking on them to win by five, six, more than a touchdown. Anyway, I guess if it gets to five, which would, I don't, I highly doubt that. You know, you could tease it down if you wanted to play on, you know, Rams in the over or something like that. Uh, basically, just get the Rams to win the game. There's, this, to me, is going to be one of the more uh, interesting things to monitor as we progress because there's two weeks. It's not just one week, one week leading up to the game. It's two weeks. you got all of this week, and the Pro Bowl. We'll get some odds on the Pro Bowl, and that'll you know, distract a couple of people for uh, Sunday. But for the most part, there's still going to be you know, money coming in. I think after Sunday, if we're if I'm being honest, is going to be a very interesting or Sunday night, if you will, will be a very interesting time here in Vegas for the line movements. Because there'll be a ton of people coming in this week for the Pro Bowl. And I think that's where you can see the money being bet, the action being placed, and the books adjusting accordingly. If there's a bunch of sharp bettors that are in town for the Pro Bowl and and place the wager on the uh, the the Bengals, then the line will move in the Bengals' favor. If they place it on the Rams, they'll place it on the Rams. Plus, I also think that there will be people that might come from out of town, not just for the Pro Bowl, but just in general, just on this off weekend. Coming to Vegas for the weekend, they'll place their heavy action on on the Super Bowl and go back to wherever they came from. So I think this after this weekend, like Sunday night into Monday, will be the time where we'll see if we're going to see movement at all 
we'll see it happen after this weekend. That's what I'm curious to find out. Where does the the, the side move? Where does the total move? And if I had to guess right now, I think that it moves north before it moves south. And the total, I think, moves up just because it's the Super Bowl and people are going to want to bet the over. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. We're going to continue to talk about this matchup coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And you know who I feel for? I really feel for, for the Buffalo Bills. And, and I don't want to come off as disrespectful towards the Cincinnati Bengals, who absolutely deserve to be in the Super Bowl. The way they played against the Kansas City Chiefs was tremendous. The way that they've played the entire postseason, right? I mean, just going to Tennessee, beating the number one seeded Tennessee Titans, and then, yeah, and then winning at Arrowhead against the Chiefs, which I did not think was possible. I was completely against them here. (laughs) But I really feel for the Buffalo Bills because I think the Buffalo Bills would have blown them out. The Kansas City Chiefs, for the second time in a month, did not score in the second half against the Bengals. First half, they were fine. They should have done better. They scored 21 in the first half. Should have been 28 or at least 24. Complete mismanagement on behalf of Andy Reid and to an extent, Patrick Mahomes at the end of the first half. There's a there's a picture floating around Twitter of Mahomes trying to call timeout. The half is over. You had no timeouts left. You threw a pass short of the end zone 
with no blockers ahead of Tyreek Hill, thinking that, okay, I guess he's going to break a tackle and get into the end zone. You, inexcusable. There's no time on the clock. You have to, a quick pass into the end zone where it's either complete for a touchdown or incomplete, and you could kick the field goal and get an extra three points going into the half. There's no reason why they should have had zero points out of that possession. What you do is you either do a quick slant or a fade to Travis Kelsey or whatever. You know, one-on-one coverage, throw a jump ball, whatever. To throw a lateral, like a sideways pass short of the end zone and have Tyreek Hill stopped at the two-yard line is an embarrassment. And what's more embarrassing is was the inability of the Kansas City Chiefs offense to do anything in the second half. Again, let's credit the Bengals' defense. They were tremendous. But part of me just feels Josh Allen and the Bills would not have let that happen. Josh Allen and the Bills would be in the Super Bowl against the Rams. They would have done exactly what the Chiefs did in the first half, which, and I even tweeted it out. I thought the game was over. It was 21-3, to and I thought the Chiefs looked unstoppable. They were running the ball well. Mahomes was doing anything he wanted. The receivers were getting open, and it was just, to me, a display of all the weapons. Tyreek Hill with the touchdown, Travis Kelsey with the touchdown, you even had uh, who uh, uh, Nicole Hardman had a touchdown. I was like, I mean, this is this is too easy. I mean, the Chiefs scored three touchdowns on their first three possessions. The game changed slightly with the Samaje P. Ryan catch and run. Uh, he don't, if they don't score on that drive or if they just get a field goal on that drive, the game probably ends differently. But 21-10, to 10, still a different story than 21-3 to 3 or 21-6. to 6. But even after that, the Chiefs get the ball with a minute left and go right down to the goal line. And to not come away with points there was just... The turning point of the game. Think about the position that the Chiefs were in. And again, I was on the Chiefs the entire way. I admit it. I was wrong. Kudos to the Bengals. They deserve this. They were the better team. Congratulations. My prediction going into this game, and I talked about it all last week, I felt the Chiefs were going to blow them out. Uh, I even tweeted it out. I said it was going to be, you know, 45-24, the final score. What I thought was going to happen, and we could go back and pull up the tapes, I said the Chiefs are going to score 28 points in the first half, maybe even 35 points. But they will score a touchdown on every single possession they have in the first half. If they get four possessions, they'll have 28 points. If they have five possessions, they'll have 35 points. And then the second half, They'll add 14 to 17 points, maybe 
you know, 20 points, and they'll go on to win the game 45-24. Look at how this game could have played out. Chiefs scored three touchdowns on their first three possessions. Then on their fourth possession, they should have came away with a touchdown, but instead they get stopped short at the goal line. They had the two, they had one incompletion, and then the pass to Tyreek Hill, and he gets stopped for no gain. That should have been, if they score a touchdown there, we're talking, and by the way, great pass interference. Because if the cornerback, I guess it was Eli Apple, if he doesn't grab Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill scores a touchdown. Like he he would have he broke that route off if if he's not held, Mahomes connects with Tyreek Hill in the corner of the end zone. It's twenty eight to ten. So good job holding him. I thought it should have been holding, not pass interference, but it doesn't matter. Either way. And maybe the bank maybe the Chiefs would have rathered that, to be honest with you, because more room to work with if they just got, you know, if they were from the ten yard line with a new set of downs instead of being on the goal line. Whatever. Anyway, the Chiefs then got the football to start the second half. Think about what could have been. The score could have been 28 to 10. And then if they score a touchdown to start the second half, it could have been a 35 to 10 game. And at that point, it's over. I mean, it could have been over at. 20, or let's just say field goals, 24 to 10. Then another field goal, 27 to 10. It's still, it's a different ball game than 21 to 10. And the most disappointing part of this entire game was the Chiefs' second half, where they go punt, punt, interception, punt, punt, before getting the field goal to tie it at the end. And then in overtime, they win the toss, and you're just thinking, here we go again. We're going to have another conversation about the overtime rules. Chiefs won the toss. They're going to march right down the field and score a touchdown. And on third down, Mahomes, just the last bad decision in what was a slew of bad decisions in that second half. And he throws it, double coverage. Yeah, the ball was tipped, so it wasn't like he really threw the inter- you know an interception. It's just a good play. Defense was all over it. So the interception, and they, that's it. They don't see the ball again. And the Bengals win. And this is really a disappointment for the Chiefs. And... I also believe a disappointment for the Buffalo Bills. And Josh Allen tweeted about it after the game. He tweeted out the word pain. And I retweeted it, and I said, of course. He knows they would have won. He knows they were better than the Chiefs. He knows they were better than the Bengals. The Buffalo Bills should be in the Super Bowl. Should absolutely be in the Super Bowl. But that's not the case. The Bengals are now in the Super Bowl against the Rams. And they deserve all the credit in the world. 
But part of me, like I always tend to do when it comes to, you know, Cinderella stories, whether it's in, you know, whatever sport it is, I think this is where it comes to an end. And I said that this week, going into Arrowhead against the Chiefs, that this is where the, the story ends. Now I firmly, now, now I'm even more on it. I think that this is a Rams Super Bowl win in their home stadium. And the Bengals, the upstarts, this will be just a, a another stage in their growing process. And they're not, they're, this is a team that's not going to go away. They're going to be contenders for years to come. It just won't be with a Super Bowl championship this year. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Want to take a time out from talking about the Super Bowl, which we will do for the next two weeks here on the program. Going to try and get some uh, some former players on the show over the next couple of weeks. Um, get some insight on everything that goes into the Super Bowl and, and, and what the Rams and the Bengals are dealing with especially the Rams who are at home now, any advantages that they could have over the course of uh, this next two weeks. Uh, but let's talk about the NBA and have a little J-Watch segment. Uh, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., our bet, all of our bets here at Vizen to win the Defensive Player of the Year. We have uh, marveled at the movement of the odds for for him to win this award it's been incredible we're, we're talking about odds that um were at what point before the season 300 to one and then got up to or you know went to 150 to one when we when 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 we on this show started buying in we had uh, Jonathan Von Tobel came on, our NBA analyst, and we talked about the Jaron Jackson Jr. prop. At that point, it was at 150 to 1. We couldn't find this thing anywhere. Okay? We had looked around town. It was only available uh, on DraftKings, a couple other online books. Couldn't find it. Some people sent me their tickets. Uh, they tweeted at me. Got it in at 150 to 1. Got it in at 200 to 1. I was very jealous. The next day, it was posted here in town in Vegas, 65 to 1. So, naturally, we bought in. 
The next day, it dropped to 43 to 1. <laughs> the next, and then with it's like with every game, as Jaron Jackson continues to have just the incredible numbers defensively, uh, the odds just keep changing. Well, now he is 20 to 1. And he is your fourth favorite. It's Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, Giannis, and JJJ. I think that Draymond Green will fall off. He hasn't played in a month. So I don't see him winning this award. I think that there's going to be people that will you know, say, yes, the numbers, the, the, the metrics are incredible. But the guys missed a month could actually miss more time. And so I think that Draymond Green's going to fall off. Rudy Gobert, there might be some voter fatigue. This is a guy who's won the award multiple times over the past couple of years, and there'll be people that say we're not going to give it to him. Uh, And Giannis. Giannis won it a couple of years ago as well, and he's the type of guy that, like the argument can be made about LeBron, or LeBron should be the MVP every year. Well, yeah, Giannis can be the defensive player of the year every year. I think that the performance for Jaron Jackson is going to be rewarded this year because he is putting up like all-time great numbers for a defensive player of the year all the metrics are on his side i mean if he continues at his pace he will have put together one of the best defensive seasons in nba history he's going to make an all nba defensive team and he should be the defensive player of the year. Your MVP, Joel Embiid is the favorite. And I, it was crazy because he's another one whose odds were really up there. And when we started to talk about him winning this award, he was at around 12 to 1, 11 to 1. Now he's plus 220 as the favorite as he had a tremendous month of January. Giannis is your second favorite to win the MVP. He is at plus 350. Nikola Jokic at plus 350 is also there. And then Curry is down to plus 400. Uh, Rookie of the year, Evan Mobley, minus 300. But look who has shot up the charts. Cade Cunningham now, plus 500, has shot up the charts. Most improved player, John Morant, is your favorite at minus 320. Coach of the year is Monty Williams at minus, uh, or excuse me, plus 120. I think you can make arguments for a couple of different coaches, Taylor Jenkins especially, but Monty Williams is going to win this award because he should have won it last year. And really, the Suns are the best team in the NBA. They won again. They won by five against the Spurs. This is a team that is the best record in the NBA. They're 40-9. and He's got to win Coach of the Year. Uh, Looking at the games here coming up for Monday, Sixers minus three and a half against the Grizzlies. This this game, I'm I'm curious to see uh, Jaron Jackson's performance. Uh, Curious to see what Joel Embiid does. That's going to be a fun game for the awards market, the awards future to watch. Uh, Pacers minus one and a half at home against the Clippers. 
The Cavs are minus nine and a half at home against the Pelicans. The Cavs are coming off a loss here on Sunday on the road in Detroit, 115-105. The Celtics minus three and a half at home against the Heat. The Knicks are minus five and a half at home against the Kings. You have the Hawks minus two and a half at home against the Raptors. Blazers minus three in OKC. And the Warriors minus ten and a half on the road at Houston. Those are your lines for your NBA games on Monday. On the ice, the Avalanche won again their 10th straight game. They were at home against the Sabres. Their home winning streak is extended now. Was it 17 straight at home? It's an uh, incredible run. They're 15 and 1 in their last 16 games. And this team is truly a machine. Taking a look at Monday's schedule. Got a couple of heavy favorites on the board, including heavy road favorites of uh, minus 200 or more on the road, which we documented, and I got to update these numbers here. But last Thursday, I gave the stats that NHL road favorites of minus 200 or greater were 33 and 6 on the season. And on Friday, you had two games that fell into that category. Avalanche at Chicago, Bruins at Arizona. And so on Friday, the Avalanche won at Chicago, Bruins won at Arizona. So that's 2-0. On Saturday, you had, let's see, um, I don't, I'm trying to see if there were any high road spreads in on Saturday's slate. But I got to update the standings to see what what the current numbers are. But anyway, let me look through the games here on Monday. We got Panthers minus 260 on the road at the Blue Jackets. Panthers would fall into the system. Oilers minus 200 at the Senators. Oilers fall into the system. Uh, Detroit minus 115 at home against the Ducks. Chicago minus 115 at home against the Canucks. And the Maple Leafs minus 350 at home against the Devils. So the two teams that fall into the heavy road favorites category would be the Panthers at the Blue Jackets and the Oilers at the Senators. Uh, I'll get you those updated numbers. Uh, It's at least 35-6 and now on the season. But I will get you those updated numbers on NHL road favorites minus 200 or greater We have two of them that apply on this schedule here on Monday. Again, Panthers, minus 260 at the Blue Jackets. Oilers, minus 200 at the Senators. You can parlay them if you don't want to lay the juice. But again, the numbers are overwhelming in favor of those teams winning their respective games. I'll get you the updated numbers coming up next. Plus, uh, get back into this Super Bowl matchup that we have between the Rams and the Bengals. I can't believe I'm not saying the word Chiefs. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Follow us all on the network here at VSIN Live. I promise you I'll get you those updated numbers coming up here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. I got the updated numbers. NHL road favorites of minus 200 or greater. Now 37 and 6 on the season. 37 and 6 on the season. Two games qualify for Monday. The Panthers minus 250 at Columbus. And the Oilers, minus 200 at the Senators. Those are your games. And maybe that Oilers game moves off of minus 200. But as of right now, that's what it is. And NHL favorites of minus 200 or more are 37-6 and on the season. That's pretty good. (laughs) Again, it's, it's hard to lay the juice. But if you have been, you've been profitable. You've only lost six times. So those six losses compared to your 37 wins, but I think maybe parlaying is probably the best job, you know, offset some of that risk and, uh, and, and, and risk. Like, for instance, if you're looking at just those two games on the schedule and you parlay them both, you're looking at, right now, even money, plus 108. Panthers-Oilers. Doesn't get any better than that, right? You get even money on a trend that's 37-6 and six on the season, and you're saying, just get me to 30, 39-6. Uh, that would be a good one. Let's take a look now at where we are for the Super Bowl. This spread, I don't know if it's going to move, and I don't know if the total is going to move, but I think it's really interesting uh, where we are right now at 4 Rams favored by four, total of 49 and a half. Four doesn't mean anything. It's the same as three and a half. I I think if it moves to four and a half or five, that would be drastic movement. If it moves down to three, that would be even more drastic. 
I think it stays here. I really do. Uh, and, and maybe we're just going to see money line movement. Right now, the money line is Rams minus 195 and the Bengals plus 165. But I'm, I don't think we're going to move off of that number of four. I'm very curious to see all the props that come out. But mainly Super Bowl MVP. This is one that I will be invested in. And I think right now, and I've seen the odds are, oh, I I haven't seen them anywhere else. I'm trying to see if we can get any update. No, I'm sure they'll be hung soon. Uh, BetMGM in New Jersey does have the MVP odds up. Matthew Stafford's your favorite, understandably. And Joe Burrow's your second favorite. It's a quarterback award. Stafford's plus 110. Joe Burrow's plus 210. With the Rams the favorite to win the game, Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford is the favorite. You're the third favorite, though. And this is where I think it gets interesting. The number's not a great long shot. It's not 10 to 1. But at 6 to 1, Cooper Cup. And you could make the argument that Cooper Cup was the MVP of the entire NFL season this year. But just look at what this man has done in the playoffs. The past two games alone against the the Bucks and against the uh the the 49ers here. Incredible numbers. Numbers better than the numbers that Julian Edelman put up when he was the most valuable player a couple of years ago. In fact, Let's take a look at Cooper Cup's, if we want to call it um, averages, if that's fair. Cooper Cup this year, and we know the entire record, you know, setting uh, season that he has had. But he has really, I mean, you can't say enough. Uh, if Let me try and pull up here. If we want to do this per game, and I'm curious to see how it compares to MVPs of the past, because we've seen, you know, what team, what other wide receivers have done. And yes, we know the numbers of what Cooper Cup has done uh, through the past couple of games here. But if we just take a look now at, this season and he has averaged well this isn't per game here uh these are his stats i know advanced rushing passing <laughs> passing is pretty interesting too because that could be a prop bet uh he did attempt he did complete a touchdown pass this year and uh that was overturned or called back due to um a penalty but I think that either he could attempt to pass or, like we have seen, Odell Beckham Jr. do a um, complete a pass. And I absolutely will bet a prop for um, will a player other than a quarterback attempt a pass. I think that is pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, Cooper Cup this year, his average compared to 
Super Bowl MVP wide receivers. He averages, where is he? Uh, yards per catch, no, receiving 13.4 yards per reception, I guess, right? So, oh no, 114.4 yards per game. All right, so 114.5. Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman, 10 catches, 141. Super Bowl MVP Santonio Holmes, 9 catches, 131 and a touchdown. MVP Heinz Ward, 5, 123 and a touchdown. Deion Branch, 11, 133. Jerry Rice, what a monster game. 11, 215 and a touchdown. But in more recent history. So we're talking about if he has to get 130 yards and a touchdown to be in consideration. 10 catches, 140. That's kind of the numbers that you're going to have to get in order for him to be the MVP. Well, again, look no further than... This game, 11 catches, 142 yards, and two touchdowns. That is, if he does that in the Super Bowl, he's your MVP. Against the Bucks, it was even better. With the nine catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. He does that in the Super Bowl, he's your MVP. I think when it comes to both the Rams and the Bengals... For the Rams, there's the narrative that surrounds Matthew Stafford that would certainly garner him the votes to, to win the MVP. The, the Rams were all in this year. They traded away a lot of draft capital in order to acquire him. And so, yeah, there's going to be this sense of he came over from Detroit where he spent his entire career and never won anything, was in a bad organization, did bring them to the playoffs three times, but they went 0-3 in those games. Now he's in the Super Bowl, and if he wins a Super Bowl, he's going to be the MVP. But what if Stafford has a med- not a media, you know, an above-average game, but not a game that blows you away? What if he throws for... 270 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. You know, 275, three touchdowns, two interceptions. But Cooper Cup has double-digit catches, over 130 yards, and a touchdown or multiple touchdowns. I think Cooper Cup wins the award. For the Bengals, I don't think anybody other than Joe Burrow wins it, even if Jamar Chase has a monster game. I just think the narrative is too much about Joe Burrow. Whereas for the Rams, as I mentioned before, you could make the legit argument that Cooper Cup was the MVP of the entire NFL this year in the regular season. And you know that he's not going to win the MVP. It's going to go to Aaron Rodgers. So maybe a performance in the Super Bowl garners him the Super Bowl MVP award. Coming up on Follow the Money, our very own Michael Lombardi, former NFL executive, joins the program, as well as Jimmy Vaccaro from the South Point. It's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.